Okay, and welcome to another episode of Education of the Heart. I'm here with Angelica. Hi, Angelica. Hi. <laughs> All right. So she just finished her favorite college class, assistive technology. Um, do you remember at the beginning of the year we made you go through that nine-page thing? Am I con- um, competent in assistive technology? And you picked five that you wanted to work on. So tell me about that experience. How did that go? Yeah, so we went through like the whole list. There was like a lot of things, but it was pretty in-depth. And I ended up studying more about uh, communication, independent living skills, hearing, vision, and then like one more that I guess I just didn't come to my heart, you know. <laughs> but, like, didn't make I, it to the heart. Okay. Yeah, but I think I really focused more on communication and how, um, how important communication is between your interactions with other people and it just made me kind of like realize I've been taking for granted that like I know English you know and English is the most like typical communication but like with other students they don't have those that method of like even verbalization so it's been interesting to learn more about how there are other tools that can help them communicate with others and other methods that we can communicate together. So so when we think about assistive technology, a lot of times we just say, oh, here's a computer that can talk for you. Let's just throw it at you. Mm-hmm. And that, that is the backward way to do it. Yeah. So I think I really liked when we learned about, it's called the SETS framework because there's like two T's yeah, set. and it goes through, um, it kind of goes through like a student centered approach. So it goes through like the student, the environment, the task, and then the tools. So I like that instead of like being like, oh, we have this tool available in our library, let's just give it to the student. It's like, no need to figure out the students like present levels of performances, like where their needs are, where their strengths are, and then go through like what they, what kind of activities they'll be doing in the, in the classroom and like what kind of tasks they'll be doing. And then specifically, okay, what kind of tools can we use to help them complete those tasks in the certain classroom environment. So it's like interesting because I think I feel like the whole IDA is centered around the person, you know, but even in the sets framework, we find that it's still person centered. Oh, so good. So, so tell me what other things about communication you had, you got to work with a girl named Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that story. That was kind of a cool story. Yeah. So this semester I'm also in the strategies class where we are assigned to a student and we're able to prevent, we're able to provide intervention like behaviorally. And one of the things about Anna is, so I work with another classmate as well, uh, my classmate, Caitlin. And the thing about Anna is like, just for some background, she has, um, she has multiple disabilities, but her multiple disabilities correlate with her main diagnosis of hydranencephaly. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but it's, it's complicated, but basically like, she basically, there's parts in her brain that just don't work as that's as much as I can understand. And other disabilities that correlate with that is that she um, she has seizures, she has cerebral palsy, scoliosis, cortical visual and cortical auditory impairment, and she has a failure to thrive. So she can't eat like through her mouth or like take medicine. So even during our sessions, we see her, um, her mother, Katrina, who's like so awesome. She like if she like needs to give her like her seizure medicine, she'll just take the tube out and like show Anna like, oh, here's your medicine and then show it through here. Cause I feel like it was pretty expected that she would have a seizure whenever we went over. Oh, every time you went? I would she, say oh, pretty wow. much more most of the time. But I think that kind of helped me realize that seizures aren't as scary. Cause like when I think of seizures, I'm like, okay, like I know every student is different, but every kind of seizure is like different to like approach to. But with Anna, they were like, I felt like they were so brief. 
and sometimes her seizures would kind of reboot her to have her more muscle and like she would sometimes be like a little more engaged and then sometimes not so it kind of depended on the day but yeah that was Anna background oh I love it so Anna you had to had to help her learn to communicate with you and see if she was actually making choices and things like that yeah tell us about that so I think um also to mention about Anna is because even though she had multiple disabilities, she was still responsive to her environment. So she recognized when um, I had a, like a slinky toy for her to recognize me and Caitlin had like a bell to have Anna recognize her. So whenever we went, we would always introduce ourselves and like say goodbye that way. But even um, her dad gives her like noisy kisses on the forehead. Her mom like scratches her forehead. And then her brother, her brother Daniel, I feel like he can kind of be disruptive. Like he'll be like in the kitchen or something or like the living room. Cause we're just in the living room. He's like playing on the computer or whatever. But I think even though Anna can sometimes be distracted by her brother, it still shows that she's responsive and aware of her environment. She's not like, like latency, you know, like just sitting there, just waiting to like, just sitting there, you know, like, but she is like responsive. And I'm like, I just love whenever we worked with her, she would like be smiling and laughing. And I remember, one time, I don't know what happened that day exactly, but she just started like a full body laugh. And I was like, I wish I knew it was so funny about Anna, but she was like, so it was like so funny because she had like a full body laugh, like even like her legs were moving too. So it's just interesting, like um, after Katrina told us about how Anna has been more engaged lately because of a social, like especially going to school and stuff, that's why Anna still goes to school, even though she can't meet some of the requirements, I guess, that like a school needs, you know, like to pick up a pencil and write with it and stuff. She still enjoys that social atmosphere. So even there are days when we go over and then Katrina's like, yeah, Anna's just been in her room all day, you know, but then she's like, so like, I would say excited. I infer she's like excited and she wants to work with us because she's pretty engaged and she wants to do it. There are some days where she's not as engaged, but there are some days where she is. So it's pretty cool. So one thing that you you told me about is Katrina showed you a communication matrix, how communication develops and that Anna was on different. She didn't complete different things, but she had separate skills in different levels. Yeah. So with the communication matrix, like literally just look up communicationmatrix.org. And it's interesting to see how, although she can't communicate via English or like even sign language, she can still understand, like she can express comfort. She can like kind of recognize people just by like auditory or like when they touch her. Because I know when, whenever she has seizures, which is pretty often when we're there, I don't know if it's like the time of day or something, but it's pretty often. (laughs) But um, she will, she'll have a seizure and then her mom will kind of like scratch her for like to like let her know that like she's there for her. It's like not just Anna like in herself, you know, like uncontrollably. So it's very interesting. The communication matrix, I will definitely use it with my future students. I think that if I have students that with more severe disabilities, just because I want to be able to know like how they can communicate and like where they're at right now and then what it can lead to next, like where I can help them bring to the next level if they're able to. I love that you said that you're going to use it in the future because you're going to become a teacher and you're going to be working with students and knowing how communication develops might help another term that you learned this semester about a communication partner. So training someone to be effective to help bring out communication from maybe a nonverbal student. Yeah. 
So yeah, tell us about a communication partner. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing I learned about this semester was communication partners. It was interesting because it's not just for, I guess, in the students environment, like it's not just students in the classroom. It can also be with people that have, I think it's like aphasia or something, like people that um, they just start like losing their memory. So they lose how to verbally communicate with others. So I saw a video of this uh, volunteer with an older woman, she was communicating like, do you like this or not like this? Like kind of like showing like where the picture would kind of go. And it was interesting, the woman was still like pointing and communicating, but she was still expressing on her own and controlling her part of the conversation um, with the communication partner. And even, I just really like that. Um, Cause there was like a, look, a thing I looked at and it was like, how to be a good communication partner, like being patient, letting the person control their own conversation and just um, acknowledging their efforts and just encouraging them to be good. And I think being a communication partner would be really helpful in general, even just learning how to be a good communication partner, I think would be really helpful if um, eventually if I have a classroom and I want like other peers as well that are at my student's age, because like, you know, like, why would you want to listen to a teacher, you know? Right. You're more likely to listen, listen to, to the cool kids, the cool kids right? you know, yeah. that come in. So we have another class um severe students with severe disabilities yeah. yes yeah so for that class we made like a peer tutor handbook and i was thinking i was like we should add another component like how to be a good communication partner Very because good. you might if you're in that classroom and you have that handbook you're probably in the severe classroom already so you want to be able to have your have your peers that come in be able to communicate with other with your uh, children as well because um in high school i was involved in the Friends Helping Friends Club. I was actually, so I started in the adaptive PE class and what I was, I was like a peer that would help my classmates with more severe disabilities. And sometimes I ran into situations where like, I didn't know what to say to them. Like I would just like wave or say hi, but they had like the communication, like pads and like apps and stuff. And like, I wish I could have known how to use them to communicate with them and not just the paraeducators and the teacher communicating right. with them. So it was kind of like, I feel like I had a missed opportunity to communicate with my peers that time. But I think going forward, I can take the knowledge I have now and bring it into my own classroom one day. Oh, that is so cool. I'm so excited. So I don't know if you remember one time, maybe I didn't talk to you about we can become communication partners with Heavenly Father through yeah. prayer. That that was kind of cool because I just remember Oliver Cowdery trying to translate and he said, you have to ask if it's right. And then if you have a feeling that it's right, that's the yes. yes. If you have a stupor of thought, that's the no. And so you can actually see how the Spirit talks to you by being a better communication partner with Heavenly Father. So I just thought that was kind of a cool concept. Okay, yeah. so in this class, we're trying to move the learning from your head to where it's all cluttered to your heart, to where it yeah. matters, right? Mm -hmm. So... You have a question, you did the search. So what are some of the fruits that you have discovered in moving your learning to your heart? Yeah, I think overall, I think being in the special education program, it's made me have more gratitude. I feel like I used to have like, I would feel like so sorry for people that have disabilities, you know, like I would just like feel sorry for them. But I think it also reminds me that because I have more more within my abilities, I guess. I can use them to serve other people and use what I can within my ability to help them. 
because um, I'm also involved with ISERV, the volunteer program on campus where we do like special needs. So there's always like institute, crafts and life skills every week. And I love it so much. And like everyone, it's like a small family. I really enjoy my involvement with it. But it's helped me re recognize that because we're all children of, of our Heavenly Father, that we're all able to um, kind of uplift each other. Because I know that because I have more within my capability, if that makes sense, that I can help other people. And I'm really grateful that I chose this major and this path to my yeah, future Yeah, best career. major on campus. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it so. really is. Okay, so you kind of almost answered this already yeah. by by the fruit of gratitude and knowing because you moved your learning to your heart. But how has that specifically helped your testimony of Jesus Christ? Yeah, so I think I've seen myself grow since... So I've had Brother Christopherson as a teacher since last fall. And I feel like I've grown a lot both like educationally but also spiritually. I feel like I... I ask the Lord more to have the Spirit help me understand concepts because the assessments class we have to take, oh, yeah. sheesh, like I, <laughs> like I definitely prayed a lot in that class, like even just even during my studies, not like just right before the test, but I think just recognizing that I'll always have the Spirit with me to help me um, in my future adversaries and my future endeavors, that it helps me recognize that I'm not alone in this major. And I have such great classmates and teachers that help me recognize that we're all becoming better people because we're involved with this major. And it's all towards helping our future students and becoming more, um, becoming more like just reaching their full potential. Right. And Heavenly Father wants us to reach our full potential through the Savior and through the atonement. Yes. And so, yeah, that testimony grows. Every time you see a child with disabilities, it should increase yeah. your testimony of the Savior and our plan of salvation mm -hmm. and all of those things. Oh, thank you so much, Angelica. What a great episode. We will see you next time on yes. Education of the Heart. Mm -hmm.